Alrighty, thank you for tuning in to the 11th iteration of the Kona Hook Companion. This is Joshua, and I'm your Kona Hook Companion. And on this episode, we're going to do an in-depth review of Season 1, Episode 11 of Naruto, entitled, The Land Where a Hero Once Lived. Now, just to give you a quick rundown of where we're at, previously... There was a big plot twist where Zabuza was revealed to be alive and that the tracker wasn't actually a tracker. It was actually an accomplice of Zabuza's named Haku. Haku is clearly a goon. He fooled Kakashi and the gang. He landed that, uh, that ranged strike on Zabuza that stopped his heart and fooled them which is obviously a super accurate attack from range so there's layers of skill here that are super super uh noteworthy in haku um kakashi used his chakra up with the sharingan to the point that he was bordering on disabled so uh it's worth notating that using a jutsu uh, consumes chakra to the point that you can really, really hurt yourself and potentially even die. Um, Gato is a little punk ass talking shit and whining about getting his wrist grabbed too hard by Haku, who, uh, whenever Gato came to confront Zabuza about not having done a good enough job at eliminating Tazuna, uh, Haku was able to disarm two of Gato's thugs simultaneously in an instant. Uh, and then had them both held with swords to their throats um, with their own swords, right? All in an instant, right? So this guy is like super quick, super lethal, and can disarm high-level ninja really quickly. It's neat. Uh, last episode, they were training with their chakra control by walking up on trees. Uh, and the way that these kids are walking on trees is the same way that Zabuza and... Kakashi were standing on the water and having their fight an episode or two ago. It turns out that Sakura, although she has the least amount of chakra out of Team 7, she has the best chakra control, so go her, right? She's talented in her own right. Uh, Naruto went to Sakura for help on how to climb the tree more effectively. Um... Kakashi reveals that Naruto is effectively like a chakra monster. Um, he's got even more chakra than Kakashi Sensei, and he's just a kiddo, right? So that's obviously going to grow. They also mentioned the Anbu Black Ops, the Inferno Squad last time. They're basically like the Hidden Leaves Black Ops, right? I mean, it's Black Ops, right? They're, they're like the elite of the elite who work from the shadows. Tazuna's grandson, Inari, has obviously been traumatized and believes the squad is doomed if they fight Gato. Uh, and they gave us a comprehensive rundown on Chakra, and it's basically the power that Ninja used to do superhuman stuff. I'm not going to go into the comprehensive breakdown. If you want to hear that, you can check out the previous episode where I went into it in real thorough detail. But last episode, they did cover it. <clears throat> and then this episode starts with uh, showing the bridge being built, and how things are moving right along. Uh, and it's like modern construction, right? It's neat. They've got, you know, cranes and beams. And it shows Sakura sitting down on the bridge, yawning. 
and Tazana walks up and asks her, are you always this lazy? And she goes on to ask, or he goes on to ask, where's the blonde kid and the one with the bad attitude? And I love that Tazana refers to Sasuke as the one with the attitude, right? Like, we're not the only ones who've noticed his little general tone of condescension. Um, Tazana also, at this point, isn't drunk or sloppy like he usually is. He's got a hard hat on and is lugging heavy beams and is working hard. And not quite the same Tazana that we're used to. This man is obviously, like, in his element building his bridge, right? It's dope to see him in his element doing his thing. Sakura responds to him that they're out training, they're climbing trees, and Tazana remarks, too tough for you? And Sakura responds, no, in fact, I'm the best. That's why Sensei sent me here to guard you. And Tazana stops dead in his tracks, looks at Sakura and remarks, you're joking. And this obviously pisses Sakura off, and I love that Tazana is always poking fun. The dude's probably a lot of fun to have a drink with. My father was like a union pipe fitter and always like poked this type of fun at my brother and I on the come up. And so it's like really, really wholesome to see this like sly, silly uh, banter and shit talk that Tazana is always poking and prodding with. Tazana sets down his beam that he was carrying on a stack of beams and a worker comes up and remarks somewhat tentatively, Tazana, uh, I need to talk to you. And Tazana asks him, what about? And the worker goes on, the thing is, I've been thinking a lot about the bridge, and I've decided I've pushed my luck far enough. I want out. And Tazana yells, now you're going to quit on me? Just like that? You're kidding. And the man remarks back, you know, I stayed in because of our friendship. But I'm putting my life on the line every day I stay here. Gato and his thugs will show up eventually. When they do, they'll kill you and the bridge will never get finished anyway. It's a lost cause, Tazana. Why don't we stop now while we can get out of this alive? And Sakura is off to the side watching all of this transpire kind of from the sidelines. And Tazana responds, no chance. This is our bridge. Our island is poor, and it will stay that way until this bridge connects us to the mainland. Commerce, trade, and hope. That's what we're building here. And the man responds, There's not going to be much hope if we're all dead. And Tazana goes, It's already noon. Let's take a break for lunch. And he walks right past the man who was trying to quit. And the man pleads, Tazana, let's not let it in like this. And Tazana turns and sharply tells the man not to waste his breath. He then goes, Oh, Ngichi, don't bother coming back after lunch. And walks off, real emphatically. And it's just wild how prevalent the threat of violence from Gato is. Tazana literally can't keep his crew on deck because they're so terrified. And it's not like a normal crew, right? These are like Tazana's boys. And they're just terrified. And it also shows here how, like, firmly committed to getting this bridge built that Tazana is, right? He's done went all the way to the Hidden Leaf, trekked all the way back, damn near been killed several times. Like, nothing is stopping this man from getting this bridge built. 
and he'll do it himself if it comes right down to it get out of his way and so it's really neat to see uh the kind of change in demeanor right where whenever we first met him he was kind of sloppy and drunk and you know you didn't really know where his where his interests lied but now you know now that you see him in his element he's a, he's clearly like squad maybe he's a little rough on his friend there but you know he's he's got a mission right now and he's on it and i, I can understand that <clears throat> sakura again watches all of this transpire and the title screen comes in and naruto's voice reads the land where a hero once lived and the scene migrates to naruto and sasuke who are still training relentlessly Naruto laying on the ground kicks and flails and exclaims why is it so hard and Sasuke is on a knee panting trying to catch his breath his breath as well it then reveals that they have both made tremendous progress on their cut marks and they're now much much higher in the trees Naruto and Sasuke lock eyes they stand up and the beat drops and Naruto thinks to himself, I'm not going to lose out to you. And they both take off and climb their trees at the exact same moment. They're both running up their trees, neck and neck, and we cut away to Sakura and Tazuna who are walking in the city. And Sakura looks around and asks Tazuna where they're going. And Tazuna remarks, you want to eat tonight, don't you? I gotta pick up some things for dinner. <laughs> Tazana always the smartass. And in this moment, someone yells out, Thief! Thief! And we see a thief who is obviously very young, running through the market with some stolen goods. And Sakura sees this and looks around and notices young kids sitting out homeless in several places. <clears throat> she then thinks, what's wrong with these people? They continue walking, and Tazna proclaims as they approach a shop, here we are. And they walk in a store, and they're welcomed by the cashier. And the available produce is very limited. Like, we're talking like famine, communist country, like, bruh, like, there's a, there's one carrot in the whole place type of limited, like, Tazana needs to put carrot in the stew. Ain't no one else coming into that shop and being able to put carrot in the stew that day. Type of limited. This is jarring, right? Sakura sees this and is obviously concerned and thinks, this is a store? There's nothing here. And as she thinks this, a shopper that's behind her notices Sakura's bag and makes an opportunistic attempt at stealing it. And Sakura feels the hand impress upon her, and she hits this fool with a spin and heel kick into oblivion and yells, You pervert! And the guy, like, as he's falling to the ground, tries to explain that he's not a perv, he's a thief, but it's too late. She's already kicked his face in. The dude's nose is bloody. He's several teeth have been sent flying. And, yeah, I mean, you can keep yourself from being beaten more, but you got a, you got a trip to the dentist at least. Tazana and Sakura continue on their journey through the market, and Tazana remarks, Wow, you really surprised me back there. Girls around here don't fight like that. 
and Sakura visibly still really upset responds, they should. Something's seriously wrong here. And in this moment, a little hand reaches up and tugs at Sakura's garment right at her butt. And she thinks again, and she turns to address her would-be groper and yells, hey, buster, uh, but quickly realizes that it's a child, much younger than her, like Konohamaru's age. And he reaches both his hands out with a smile and asks, please. And he lets out a little giggle. And Sakura is just obviously touched by this cute little kid and his polite little demeanor. And he's begging, you know. And she hands him candies from her purse. And the young boy thanks Sakura sincerely. Sakura smiles and shrugs. And the kid giddily runs off into the crowd. Tazana remarks that this is how it's been since Gato came here. The children suffer and the adults are afraid to stand up to him. They've lost all hope. That's why we have to finish the bridge. It will bring commerce and trade, but much more importantly, that bridge is a symbol of courage. We must restore the spirit of our people. When the bridge is finished, People will start to believe again. And Tazana clenches his fists tightly and continues, They'll believe they can live with dignity. We can't let Gato stop us. And Sakura thanks to herself, Sasuke, Naruto, we have to help them. And it takes us back to Naruto and Sasuke, who are both still training and setting new personal goals, uh, new personal records. And Naruto looks up at Sasuke and thinks, damn, he's still climbing, that's impossible. And Sasuke marks his new high point and drops down. And as he's dropping, thinks of Naruto and thinks, damn, he's catching up to me inch by inch. And it's funny how these two are both always looking at each other and always being motivated by the progress that one another are making. Right, they're both just like insatiably competitive and they're both very talented, so it's just building. Right. Uh, and Naruto looks at Sasuke as Sasuke lands and he growls in frustration and thinks, No, no, no. If I think about Sasuke, I'll lose my concentration. Believe it. Come on, Naruto, center yourself. And it flashes back to when Naruto was asking Sakura for help. And it then shows Naruto standing in the appropriate position to center his chakra on the bottom of his feet with his hand sign cast. And you hear Sakura's voice, all right, chakra requires spiritual energy. So if you get all anxious and frantic, it doesn't work. You have to relax and totally focus on the tree. That's how you get a steady chakra flow in the bottoms of your feet. And you hear Naruto remarking in his head, relax, focus on the tree. And his feet start to get a blue outline to them, similar to the blue outline that Kakashi had around his entire body when he blew away the mist during the Zabuza fight. And he thinks to himself, yeah, I can feel it. I'm going all the way this time. And he smiles real big and sprints toward the tree and just as he's about to do it, Sasuke yells, Hey, Naruto. And this breaks Naruto's concentration and he falls over. Naruto looks up and back from the ground and yells angrily, 
Sasuke, what are you doing? I was trying to focus my chakra. Sasuke responds, well, uh, you know, the thing is, and Naruto interrupts him, the thing is what? Naruto then thinks to himself, that's strange. He never talks to me. What's he up to? Sasuke, flush in the face, eye twitching, goes, you, you asked Sakura for advice when she was here. What did she tell you? And Naruto grins ridiculously, realizing he has something he can now leverage over Sasuke. And he pulls himself together and goes, I'm not telling you. And they kind of have a little standoff. And the scene migrates back to the city. And Squad 7, in its entirety, and Tazana's family are eating dinner. And Tazana remarks, this is amazing. It's been ages since we've had so many guests around our table. And Naruto and Sasuke are just fucking thrashing this food. And they both raise their bowls in the air at the same time and announce, I want some more. And then they lock eyes with each other and have a little showdown. And this time, like, the lightning bolt connects between their heads so you know it's a real serious standoff. And then, abruptly, they both stop and throw up from gorging so much. And Sakura stands up and yells, Don't eat so much if you're gonna puke it up. And Sasuke looks back at Sakura and says, I have to eat. And Naruto chimes in, And I have to eat more than him. It's the only possible way I'll get strong enough to beat him. And the competition that goes on between the kids is just something that I can't get enough of. Naruto and Sasuke can't even eat dinner without it turning into a competition. Just like how Ino and Sakura can't walk down the road and into class without it turning into a competition. Uh, it's just beautiful. And Kakashi at this point chimes in. In regards to Naruto eating to a lot to catch up, uh... And goes on, that's true, but puking won't help you at all. And Sakura then notices a family portrait hanging on the wall with a person missing, having been obviously torn out. And she asks, excuse me, this picture is torn. Is there some reason for that? Inari, you kept glancing at it all through dinner. It looks like someone else was in the picture, but they got torn out. I mean, that's kind of strange, isn't it? And come on, Sakura, damn, girl, are, are, you, are you really that situationally unaware? Read the room, right? Like, obviously someone's missing, and obviously someone's upset about that, and they ripped him out of the picture. Like, probably, I don't know, I don't know. It, it, it's wild. I mean, you know, they're ninja. They gotta keep the bottom of shit, and maybe it matters, but, you know, damn, damn. She, uh, she just went right. She just went right for it. And right in this moment, it shows this sharply catching the attention of Tazana, Inari, and Inari's mother. And Inari's mom responds, he's my husband, without ever taking her attention away from the dishes. They used to call him a hero in this land, says Tazana, and Inari just silently stands up from the table and starts to leave, and Inari's mother, who is named Tsunami, by the way, I'm not going to keep calling her Inari's mother, so it's Tsunami, yells for him, uh, 
Inari, where are you going? And Inari just walks out without a word. And Tsunami chases after him, and uh, as she's walking out the door, she turns and yells at Tazuna, Father, you can't talk about him like that in front of Inari. You know that. And she groans and walks out the door. And Tazuna is obviously made very upset by what just transpired. And Sakura chimes in. Inari is so... I mean, what happened to him? And Kakashi wonders aloud, Hmm, is there a story behind this? And Tazuna offers, He wasn't his real father. He came into our family later, and he brought so much happiness. He and Inari were very close, and in those days, Inari used to laugh all the time. And at this point, Tazuna's clearly, like, struggling to hold his composure, visually trembling, crying. Tears are falling onto the table, and he continues. But then all that ended. He never laughs or smiles anymore. Ever since the day, everything changed. The word courage was stolen from this island. We were left feeling powerless, hopeless, and Inari suffered the most. Ever since that day ever since it happened. And Kakashi says, tell us, what happened to Inari? And Tazuna responds, first, you need to know about the man, his father, the man who taught us the word courage, who was a hero in this land. And Tazuna takes his glasses off and wipes the tears away, and Naruto remarks, a hero, really? And Tazuna says, you can decide that for yourself. He came here about three years ago. It then flashes back to Inari being held by some bullies at the dock, and he's screaming, Poochie, Poochie, no. And it reveals a third bully named Akane, um, who is holding Inari's dog, Poochie, uh, and he yells, that's not his name. Starting today, his name is Shooting Star, and he's my dog now. And Inari immediately claps back, no, he's not. He's my dog. And his name is not Shooting Star. I've had him since he was a puppy. He's my friend, and he doesn't belong to you. Inari then struggles with all of his might to break free, but the two bullies holding him, um, hold him down. He, he can't break free. And Akane, holding Poochie, yells for Inari to shut up. And he then looks at the dog, and lets out a shitty little chuckle with a smile and throws Poochie into the ocean from the dock. What a little dick. Urgh. Yes, man, man, soft spot for the, for the little fur friends, man, that's some old bullshit. And Poochie at this point is clearly struggling and uh, is unable to really tread water effectively. And Akane tells Inari, See what happens when you don't listen to me? Now I'm not going to lift a finger to help him. He then tells the other bullies they can let Inari go, which they do. Inari immediately confronts the ringleader and yells, Why did you do that? My dog is going to drown. And Akane remarks, Ha! If he's your dog, then jump in and get him. Be a big hero and save your friend. And Inari is clearly terrified by the prospect of having to do this. And Akane continues, after all that big talk, you're not gonna you're not gonna let him go under, are you? 
and Inari walks to the edge of the pier and looks over at his poochie, uh, who is still clearly struggling very badly to stay afloat and thinks, I've got to jump in and save him. I've got to, but... And Akane walks up saying, ha ha ha, we don't even have his... Uh, he won't even help his precious poochie. And Inari continues internally, I can't swim and I'm scared. I'm so sorry, poochie. Ikane then remarks, hey, you made such a big deal about him. Go get him. And he kicks Inari off of the pier into the water. And now Inari and Poochie are both struggling very badly to stay afloat. And the two bullies who had been holding Inari come up beside Akane. And one of them says, I think he went too far, Akane. I mean, he could really drown or something. And in this moment, it shows Inari screaming from the water and begging for help. And Akane turns to the two and says, forget about it. And the one bully who is having the conflict of conscience responds, I don't know. And Akane grabs him by the shirt and tells him, you say one more word and you going in next. Got it? And Inari is literally screaming. He doesn't want to die at this point. And... At that moment, Poochie starts doggy paddling to the shore, and Inari yells for Poochie, but Poochie just keeps right on swimming to safety. And we flash back to Tazna, who says, Interestingly enough, at that exact moment, Pooch figured out how to dog paddle. And you hear Pooch howling in the background of the house, so like, oh my god, Pooch and Inari both made it, right? But it flashes us back to the story, and Inari is still struggling in the water, yelling for Pooch as Pooch safely makes it ashore and shakes himself dry, and the dog barks and runs off. And the three bullies chase after Shooting Star and leave Inari to drown. Inari goes under the water, and as he's sinking, thinks, oh no, I can't breathe, and everything goes white. And the next thing we experience is Inari waking up next to a fire with fish cooking over the fire and a man who you should recognize at this point as the man who winds up becoming Inari's father figure. And he remarks, waking up, huh? Finally. I had a little talk with those kids. They won't bother you again. Here, eat. And the man offers Inari a fish from the fire. Inari questions to himself, Am I alive? Is this real? He then asks aloud, Did you pull me out of the water, mister? And the man responds, Have a bite to eat first. Then we can talk about all that. Some time passes, and we pick up in conversation between Ari and the man. And the man offers, Hmm, I see. Your dog abandoned you too, huh? In my country... Dogs are very loyal. They stand by their masters. Then again, you abandon the dog first, so what can you expect? And this stops Inari in his mid-bite from his fish, and he kind of lowers his head in disappointment in himself. And Inari goes, I really wanted to save him, but I just froze. I was just so scared. I guess I just don't have any courage. And this is bullshit. Um, that kid's a goon. Um, he, he tried his best. And, you know, the kid rightfully didn't jump in the water. There's no point in him and the dog both dying. Like, the kid knew he didn't know how to swim. 
the kid knew it was a probable death sentence for him to jump in the water. And he made the appropriate decision. And, you know, he didn't abandon the dog. You know, he he was put into a situation where he couldn't appropriately uh, save the dog. But that wasn't his fault. You know, none of that was his fault. So I don't, I don't think that the kid deserves any criticism for how that situation played out. And I don't think that he should be cast in the light of having abandoned the dog because he wouldn't jump into certain drowning death to try and save the dog when he knows he can't swim. But the man stops him and puts his hand on his head and tells him not to be so hard on himself. Uh, he's a kid and that he uh, that when he was in Nari's age, he was scared too and that it's no big deal. But always remember this. Live your life so that you have nothing to regret. If you care about something, protect it. No matter how tough, no matter how sad, you've got to keep trying. Even if you have to put your life on the line, protect it with both arms. Never give in. And it shows this is basically blowing Yari's mind. And it takes us back to Tazana at the table telling the story. Who continues, his name was Kaiza a simple fisherman who'd come here from another land to follow his dream. After that, Inari and Kaiza were inseparable. The boy had never known his real father, so you can imagine what it meant to him to have Kaiza in his life. He looked up to him and followed in his footsteps like a real father and son. Kaiza spent more and more time with us until he just naturally became a member of our family. And then... When this town needed him, he became something more. And it flashes us back to a hellacious storm. And a man busts into the house and yells, We've got trouble, Kaiza. The floodgate is open and the water is rising. If we don't stop it, the lower district will be flooded. And Kaiza stands up and questions sharply, What? And Inari stands up and yells, Father. And Kaiza tells Inari to get him some rope in a hurry, and Inari rushes off to get the rope. The next scene we're confronted with a scene of a bunch of men standing in the rain at a broken floodgate, and one of the men remarks, see where the gate is? We need to get a line out there and pull it closed. And another man from the group exclaims, a line? You have to swim out there to do that. It's impossible. Nobody can make it through that current. The third man yells out over the downpouring rain and thunder. If we don't do it, the whole district will be wiped out. It's the only way. And Kaiza in this moment steps in and announces that he'll do it. And the whole group of men gasp. And several men try and talk him out of it, saying things like, Don't be foolish. You'll never make it. And Inari lets out a concerned call for his father. And Kaiza stops everything and addresses Inari and tells Inari, Don't worry, nothing can stop your dad. This is our village, so we've got to do everything we can to help. Kaiza then ties the rope around his waist, climbs over the rail, and has one last thought before he jumps in the water. If you care about something, protect it. He then dives in and everyone watches anxiously, Inari front and center, and as Kaiza swims against the current, he thinks, even if you have to put your life on the line, protect it with both arms, never give in. 
And Inari then yells out, Father, I know you can do it. And Kaiser reaches the opened gate, and he ties the rope around the end of the gate, and everyone pulls the rope and closes the gate and saves the district. And Kaiser is a goon. He has a wise perspective. He's able to communicate that perspective clearly. And he followed through and acted on his principles when the chips were down. Mad respect for Kaiser at this point, right? We find ourselves now back at the dinner table and, and uh, Tazana continues. From that day on, Kaiser was considered a hero in this land. He taught us all the meaning of courage. And Inari was so proud to be his son. But it wasn't long after, Gato showed up and took over. He terrorized the whole village. Only Kaiser stood up to him. Gato couldn't have a local hero getting in his way. It took his whole gang to stop one man. And at this point, it shows Kaiser being like flogged by Gato's cronies and he's like half crucified, right? They've got him in like a full Nelson where he's tied to a long like four by four. And they're just beating his ass. And Gato's there watching all of this and he announces to Kaiza, you overplayed your hand. All that talk about how you're gonna protect this village with your two arms, those two arms aren't worth much now, are they? Still got that defiant look in your eye though. Well, my men will take care of that. He then nods and tells his men to get to work, and one of the men pushes Kaiser over, and the two biggest, most humongous thugs walk up with big, humongous hammers and walk up and simultaneously beat on his arms, Gallagher-style. And the next scene is the village gathered around the outside of a fenced off area, and inside the fence is Kaiser literally crucified, arms completely purple from having been given the Gallagher treatment. And Gato addresses the villagers, saying, Listen up. This man has defied the Gato Corporation. He has disturbed the order of this land. His punishment is execution. Let this be an example so no one will dare stand in our way again. And Inari, clinging to the fence, yells out for his father. And Gichi, the guy who quit on Tazana, tells Inari, not to do that. You shut up. And Inari continues to cry uncontrollably. And Kaiza lets out a little smile. And Gato tells his thug to do it. And uh, the gray-haired thug that couldn't keep Haku from disarming him during the confrontation between Gato and Zabuza while Zabuza was bedridden trying to recover after his fight with Kakashi unsheathes his sword, and Inari cries, Father, no, Daddy. And they execute Kaiza. And holy shit, they let a kid go watch his dad get executed by Katana? Whoa. 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 And we find ourselves, like, in Inari's head, right? Like, we find ourselves in kind of these people's purgatorial spaces quite often. And he's basically all alone, standing beneath a single light shining on him. And he's thinking, you told me that you'd protect me in this land with both your arms. You made me believe you could do it. But it was all just a lie. And Inari looks down in disappointment. And at this point, it flashes us back to the dinner table. And Tazan remarks that since then, Inari has changed. 
so did Tsunami. And all of our people. We lost our will. Naruto is visibly upset by all of this and is flashing back to when Inari was telling him there's no such thing as heroes, only stupid kids believe that. And he then flashes back to Inari crying, looking out over the ocean from his bedroom window with the picture of Kaiza. And Naruto looks at the picture of the family on the wall with Kaiza ripped out, and the beat starts to build, and he goes to make a decisive move, and he falls flat on his face. And Sakura asks Naruto, what is he doing down there? And Kakashi chimes in, you better take the day off. No more training. You've used too much chakra. If you push any harder, it could kill you. Naruto, struggling, forces himself up and says, I'm gonna prove it. And everyone looks on confusedly and Sakura asks, prove what? And Naruto continues, legs shaking beneath him goes, I'll prove that, that it's true, that in this world, there are real heroes, and the episode ends, right, so, it's a little bit of a cliffhanger, we're gonna see if Naruto is able to cause a paradigm shift in the perspective of Inari, um, some other final thoughts that I have on the episode are that, uh, it's really cool that Sakura was able to get out of training because she excelled, and she was able to go and spend time with Tazuna, and we were able to kind of learn a little bit more about Tazuna's, you know, fun little demeanor, especially when he's at work in his element. Um, I love the element of constant competition, Sasuke and Naruto eating rice, and, you know, and, uh, and, uh, I love the element of competition where Sasuke and Naruto are eating rice, and where Ino and Sakura are racing to see who walks into class first, right? I love that these kids are always competing all the time, whether they're fighting a real dangerous bad guy or whether they're just doing something mundane. They're always having to push one another and help each other become the best versions of themselves that they can be, even if it's just selfish pursuit, right? That's what's happening. Fuck Gato. That guy can eat sand. Um, I can't believe he's got the whole land of waves living shitty and killing our man's Kaiza. Like, bruh, mad respect for Kaiza. I can't believe they did him like that and, and, like, scarred the whole community and now no one will do shit because they took out kind of their bravest person. You know, wow. Um, I can't believe they let Inori watch that. You know, like, can you blame the kid for being traumatized after seeing his father figure get straight up, like, slain in person, bruh? That's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, um... Tsunami and Tazuna should have definitely uh, sheltered that kid from that, I think. You know, I'm all about some truth, but damn it, man. Kaiser was a real goon, principled, honest, acted on his principles, even when it was hard, a real one. Respect on that man's sleeve stack, kept it shrill. Uh, I love that the bridge is a symbol of hope and courage. Um, that's something to remember, because... Uh, it's going to take a lot. It's evident it's going to take a lot, right? I mean, we're facing down Gato. Gato has a stable of ninja assassins, right? Zabuza is just on the spectrum there. Like, he's not even the baddest of the bad dudes that are under the employ of Gato. 
Hell, Zabuza might not even be as bad as Haku. Haku's done some pretty wild shit. So, uh, you know, there's still some big bads out there that are under the... And we don't know how big and bad they are that are still kind of on the board at this point that we haven't been able to fully recognize. So, uh, it's it's interesting how it's all how it's all playing out. I love that Naruto is hell-bent on uh, proving that heroes are real to Inari. Um, and Naruto is always out to do what's right for everybody, right? He wants to help. He's such a good kid, right? Like he felt bad that he scared the rabbit on the trail. Uh, and, you know, he's going to do whatever he can to help Inari turn this corner psychologically. And with that, you know, we can kind of put a bow on this episode. If I missed anything, if I didn't connect any dots that you feel like ought to have been connected, let me know. I really, really appreciate everybody listening. Please uh, participate in the comments, like and share the memes, uh, and be friendly, right? The whole point is to be friends. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to going over episode 12 with you. Uh, And again, thank you guys so much. I'm Joshua. I'm your Konoha companion. We'll catch you next time.